ladies and gentlemen, I'm Elio Keys. Ben, this is a PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Ben, what's going on? Not too much, man. We uh, we definitely have a more condensed show for you uh, this week, um, which I know will make my producer happy. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll say, I, I, I spoke to the president, and uh, he said, you guys need to shorten the show. You know, uh, uh, well, uh, sometimes I'm guilty of going on rants um, because, as I told you before, we went on the air. This, this, some of this creative, uh, well, actually, the vast majority of it just drives me fucking insane. Yeah, that's um, the that's uh, thing. That's yeah. the thing the president was talking to me about. It's like you gotta tell your your co-host to cut it down with the language. I'm like, don't, don't worry, just relax. We're doing, we're everything's good. So yes, yes, yes. Well, the. I've always been an anti-censorship guy because it's like if you're if you're censoring what you're what you're saying, then then you know sometimes the sometimes the message that needs to be put out there. So I don't know I don't know what the president's talking about. Yeah, well, well, the president can go. <laughs> we're talking about, we're talking about the president of the network, not not any other president. Just relax. Um. <laughs> But anyway, right. um, so uh, what you what do you think of uh, what do you think of this week's shows overall? Before we jump into the reviews, AEW was better than last week's SmackDown. I like the end. Yeah, you know, actually, you know, AEW um, AEW was a lot more uh, miss than hit for me. They did a they did a really good job with. Um, with you know furthering the main storylines um but you know they could have drastically cut down this show um to to put some some more you know worthwhile segments in there for sure um and with with that being said uh, do you want to do you want to do the weekly reviews and then we'll do the um the pay-per-view predictions and the retrospective. Yeah, that's how that's how we do this. Yep. All right. Okay. Cool. Well, we're gonna go AEW and SmackDown. Right. So, so um, AEW begins. Uh, well, actually, actually, let's just do the highs and the lows. Um, let me see. I'm 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 scrolling up on the uh, on the reviews. Here, here we go. Cause I'm TNT I'm dynamite TNT And I will not fight TNT I'm a power load TNT Watch me explode So, um the the high point for me was definitely um, uh, Hangman getting kicked out of of BTE. That was I, I thought that was re- uh, really well done. Um, but then they okay yeah, but he didn't explain why he did what he did. That was just that's just weird. 
Well, you know, and I, but I think, I think that's part of, um, I think that's part of it because if, if you saw his facial expression, it's, it's, it seemed like he was really, um, he was really remorseful for doing what he did. So I don't, because they kind of played it like he was drunk. Because the whole time, the whole time, he was just trying to get back to the bar. Well, he likes um, to. He does like to drink. <laughs> yeah, and and the way that he, the way that he looked in the um in the shattered mirror after um after the young boss left. So um that, that's that's very interesting to me. And then the other the other high point uh for me was um was the, the funeral of Cody Rhodes um, to follow up on that big angle that they did last week uh, with with Brody Lee just completely dominating Cody and uh, capturing the uh, the uh, oh what I'm blanking TNT the, championship yes the, uh, the the TNT championship uh, duh I'm, I'm half asleep at Swiss here but um yeah that was that was very well done and i really enjoyed the uh the funeral segment and and the the, the funniest part of it for me was um i i don't know if it was i, th- I don't know if it was 5 or 10 but one of the uh one of the guys was just getting a little too hyped up in his praise for Brody Lee that was John Silver or yeah yeah, John Silver, um, and uh, he was, and he got he knocked the hell out by uh, Brody because Brody was just getting annoyed and with him speaking out of turn. So the the McMahonisms are just um, are just really funny because it just kind of reminded me. That was that wasn't that wasn't McMahonism. Well, well, it's just kind of. It kind of reminded me of one, especially especially uh, that one time where he got really uh, pissed off at Titus O'Neil at the end of uh, Raw that one time. Oh yeah. So, but yeah, that was that was a high point, and then, or the high points, and then the low point for me was was the um, the women's match. I don't know what they're doing with this women's division, but it is just. It shouldn't be on TV if this is what they have. Yeah, that was my little point. It's just absolutely terrible. Uh, Just it doesn't belong on TV in any regard. And then the other, the other low point for me was the uh, was the multi-man tag match. It was just, you know, these eight, ten, twelve man tag matches that they've been doing the last uh, couple weeks. Now, I understand that tag team wrestling is a is a focal point on AEW, which I appreciate, especially considering how dog shit the, uh, the tag team divisions have been on WWE for, for you know, a, a decade plus now. Um, but it, it's just... Um, it just gets to the point where it, it feels like these matches take out the majority of the show. And um, 
and it just gets a little bit repetitive for me. But and 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 the, um, this uh, combination is just weird. Joey Ella, Sunny Kiss, Brian Pillman Jr., and Griff Garrison. One of these people doesn't belong. Um. Well. Uh, in my in my maybe opinion, well maybe not yet. In my opinion, uh, Griff Garrison is just a little bit too uh, green. I realize that he need that in order to get better, you got to be in the ring. But you know, in in addition to that, um, this whole uh, tag team combination of uh, Sunny Kiss and Joey Janela is just it's so random, and I I don't get it. I, I really, I really don't. But t- to me, those two segments were just uh, glaring weaknesses. And mm-hmm. then, and then the, there's one other high point I, f- I forgot to mention um, before we move on. The uh, the contracts. I was going to take a guess. I was going to do the contract signing. Yes. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, was, that was so well played. And I um I can't wait for all out. I'm actually gonna um I'm actually gonna get that pay per view while I'm uh, while I'm on vacation. So um that'll be that'll be the first pay per view I've gotten ever while I've actively been on vacation. But I just didn't wanna I didn't wanna miss that. Plus, it's gonna be a big deal for. And I kind of, I kind of didn't have a problem for like with Lance Archer and with Lance Archer versus Sean Maluda. Um, do you do you know um for a fact whether or not he's connected to the to the Anawaii family? Um, I can look that up right now. Because I tried to look that up. Um, because I tried to look that up earlier and I couldn't find any conclusive information. DNC exclusive on the fly research. Exactly. So, Sean Maluda. Yes. M-A-L-U-T-A. Alright. So, here's a quick facts on Sean Maluda. Um, from Stan, yeah, from Staten Island, uh, born on September 30th, 1988, uh, part of the family, Anawaii family. Oh, yes, okay. Yep, trained by Alpha. Okay, so he's he's just a little bit, he's just a few months younger than me. Okay. He, is, he is the nephew of Alpha. Oh, okay. And so he's uh, related to Roman Reigns, The Rock, Rikishi, and the Usos. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I, uh, well, he definitely took an effective ass whooping, that's for sure. DNC exclusive. <laughs> but uh, but that's, our, uh, that's our review of AEW. I really like the build that they're, that they're going with, with... Um, with all out coming up, I just I'm really I'm really enjoying the major storylines, uh, which is why I'm which is why I'm willing to uh, 
somewhat forgive the obvious uh, shortcomings of the mid card. And even, even the, even the, the Chris Jericho match. Even the Chris Jericho match. Um, well, you know, the the mimosa mayhem is that that kind of that kind of strikes me as idiotic. Um, <laughs> you know, before seeing it, but having said that, I I haven't seen it yet. Um, so I'm not prepared to completely. Yeah. Don't on. don't don't say nothing. Otherwise, Chris Jericho is going to yell at you and tell you to give it a chance before you say anything. Well, I, you know, and like I said, like I said, largely because it is Chris Jericho, I'm, I'm willing to, um, I'm and willing I, to give it a I, shot. And I said that because I, I was reading Chris Jericho's um, Instagram, and people were like saying that how it's going to be a stupid match, and he's like, don't, don't judge it just yet before you've seen it. Well, yeah, and he's right. He's absolutely right. Yeah, that's what. Um, like, that's when, like, Chris Joe goes and yell at you, so don't say anything just yet. <laughs> so, with that being said, let's, um, let's shift over to SmackDown. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Since I did AEW, I know we didn't discuss it. I'm sorry, um, but uh, but what did you think? What did you think of SmackDown? SmackDown this week was, it was it was okay. It wasn't great. I liked the ending though. Yeah, I I actually I actually thought that. Um, did you notice a famous uh, face in the in the arena? Did, you, did I notice what? A famous face in the arena. Yeah, Kenny Omega. These people are... These fans Well, are no, fucking... actually, apparently yeah, he was on Twitter. He said that was him. No, I don't know. But... No, he, no he, was ma- he was making it because, like, a fan held, like, held up a picture. You know, it's kind of like this, the same thing as, like, a Chris Benoit yeah. well, situation. Um, but, you know... It's, because you can tell yeah. he wasn't he wasn't even moving, so that can't that wasn't him. Uh, of course, well, of course not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the only um, the only obvious um, thing that I want to talk about um, is the Roman Reigns uh, being aligned with Paul Heyman and um, turning heel. Uh, what what do you what did you what do you think of that, about that? I like it. Yeah, I I love it. It's um, it's something that was that was desperately needed. Um, for, I just have a question. I have a question. Right. What's with the teeth? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, <laughs> he he definitely got some veneers oh during his time God. off. No one has teeth that white. Um, yeah, it, it, well, it, well, in addition to um, him spending some uh, serious time in, in a tattoo chair, um, 
you know, because, you know, the, the fans haven't seen that yet because he hasn't had his shirt off. Um, but um, he, he has had some uh, serious tattoo work done in his uh, time off. I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised that nobody called him out for getting a tattoo during a pandemic, but not, nonetheless. Um, well, he, he probably went, probably someone went to his house to do it. Uh, well, probably. Um, but anyway, um, not, not that I'm, not that I'm knocking that because I've, I actually have a friend who's done. No, I'm saying, cause like, instead of, uh, going out, people actually have someone going over to do that at the house. Yeah, man, my, my friend who's done, uh, four of my tattoos, um, had, did that while he was, um, while he was off from the pandemic. So I'm not knocking that at all. Um, but the veneers got to go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Come but, on. <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously. It's, it's bad. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought that this show sucked, but it was, it was definitely um, something that got my attention with uh, Roman Reigns. So I, I have to give them credit for that. Um, now I, I was I was looking I was looking into this you know going into going into payback, and the 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 news reports didn't really tell us anything that we couldn't have figured out by ourselves because obviously obviously after after what happened at the end of SmackDown there's no way that Roman Reigns walks out of payback without the without the championship. To me, that's a, that's a foregone conclusion. How, however, um, I will say that I I have a problem with with everything surrounding this decision. I don't I I like the fact that the decision was made. I'm actually a big fan of that. Um, however, the the collateral damage that is going to be done as as a result of this um, is something that we have to talk about because I have to question why the Fiend even won the championship at um, at SummerSlam. One, if he was going to get his ass kicked right afterwards and look weak as fuck to begin with, mm-hmm. um, and number number two. If you're having a pay-per-view seven days separated from SummerSlam, then why not have why not have Braun Strowman keep the title and then and then drop it to to Roman Reigns and then you can have you can have uh, Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns anyway. And that, and that keeps the integrity of the fiend alive, because right now, right now with um, the the fiend constantly being used as a transitional figure, going all the way back to SummerSlam, it's just it's ridiculous. You know, I mean, I mean, I've said it before. The damage is done to, to the fiend character. I don't think there's any coming back from it, even with um, even with him winning the title at SummerSlam. But now with 
with Roman Reigns back in the picture, it's blatantly obvious to me that there's no way in hell that he loses at payback. Even though, even though the way that I would book it, if it if it's a if it's a um, triple threat match, I would have I would have you know Bray pin Braun, you know, and then and then have the the title change change hands at, at the um, at the next pay per view after this. So at least you have some semblance of a title run from the fiend. Um, but obviously they're not going to do that. Wait, there's something else that uh, we didn't talk about that I I think I missed this. But what happened with Alexa Bliss? Well, apparently there there was a uh, there was a tease in a uh, character change um, coming from her uh, as a result of her interactions with the fiend. Because I like it. Uh, yeah, I, I like it too. Um, so it, it'll it'll be very um, it'll be very intriguing to to see where they go from here. Um, but uh, you know, and but the the, the fact of the matter is this, and, and this will become very clear when uh, when we go over the the payback card in just a minute. Um, you know, why are we having this pay-per-view now? Because, look, this entire episode of SmackDown, as, as, as we, we both mutually agree with, outside of the last 15 seconds of the show, was completely useless. I am, I am just completely disassociated from anything regarding SmackDown with the exception of, of Roman Reigns at this point. Mm-hmm. And so what's the point of having a, a freaking pay-per-view right now? Now, apparently, um, because, because I looked this up before we went on the air. Now, if you want to believe uh, RSN, which I don't, um, the, 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 the plan right now is, is for this to be an experiment for, uh, WWE and Vince McMahon. I don't know Wait, what what's, doing, what's an experiment. I don't, I don't know what the, what the experiment would be, but apparently the approach to having payback now is being viewed as an experiment. So I don't know what the an experiment is. That, that's stupid. I don't uh, know what, yeah. RSN is just stupid, anyways. Yeah, the, so the, I, the the people that write for that site, I I don't, I don't believe anything they say. I just uh, read it just to get a laugh at some of the of some of the stories. Some some I find interesting, others I just have a good laugh. Yeah, and but the 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 entirety of SmackDown outside of this was just laughably bad. So it's just they got to do something. To, to improve their shows. And I'm, I'm hoping that uh, that this alteration to Roman Reigns is, is the key to that because that, like, it's, it's just, it needs it so bad. Um, so, 
Speaking of uh, speaking of Roman Reigns, this entire pay per view talking about payback, and, and we'll we'll shift into that now as we give our. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over something here. Um, I have the schedule in front of me. Right. These are the pay per views listed for 2020-2021. August 30th payback. September 27th, Clash of the Champions. October 4th, TakeOver. October 25th is NXT UK TakeOver Dublin, which I'm looking forward to that. That was the one we were supposed to get that we never did. Um, Then in 2021, so far it's just TakeOver and WrestleMania 37, March 27 and 28. Well, that, that'll be interesting because I'm not I'm not sure if WrestleMania is going to happen, especially if it's in, if it's still going to take place in uh, in California, which I would assume it couldn't at this point. But why, anyway. why won't it happen with the Thunder Dude? Uh, oh, yeah. Because well. I, I don't I don't know if they want a repeat of WrestleMania 36 with no fans. Because that, that, but they have fans. They have the Thunderdome thing. But yeah, it's, it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same. Yeah. But as we've discussed, the Thunderdome, you know, people are stupid. Look, in yeah. theory, in theory, the Thunderdome is a fantastic idea. Um, how and I look. I give WWE credit for that. That's thinking outside the box. This this Roman Reigns thing is thinking outside the box. I give I give them ultimate credit for that. But the the execution in terms of how it's being done and how uh, and how these certain certain fans are just ruining ruining it for everybody, and. Um, and the soundtrack that they're using for for crowd noise is just ridiculous. They need to cut that shit out because it's 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 fucking it's an auditory assault that I can't tolerate. It's just terrible. Either either put sound on the Zoom calls, you know, so you can actually hear people cheering, you know, or just cut the fucking soundtrack off. You know, it's not that hard. But how, however, that being said, um, the Thunderdome's weaknesses are being exposed by the stupidity of people. And, you know, and on top of that, I just don't understand why they can't do what AEW is doing because they have they had live fans uh, th- this past week and they did it safely. And they followed the rules, and they're in Florida, and they did it safely. I mean, and I, I and I, I, I repeated the last part because it, it's it's important to. Uh, I repeated the safety part on purpose because, you know, the fact is both of the, these companies are in Florida, and AEW did it the right way, and yeah. because WWE's approach has been a complete fuck up. That's why we have the Thunderdome. You know, it's but, but, you know, I promised you to cut down on the rants, but, you know, so 
So, good on them for thinking outside the box on the Thunderdome, but I just think it could, it could yeah. be – there's so many kinks that still have to be worked out. Um, okay, but, so uh, when we get into this pay-per-view, let's see what we have here. Absolutely. You thought it was over? Nah, we just getting started. It's payback time. In the middle of the ring, number They have like seven matches, so here we go. Uh, yeah, bottom to top. Let's just go bottom to top. Okay, Biggie oh. versus Sheamus. I'm gonna go with Biggie. Oh, Biggie, absolutely. Then we have Matt Riddle versus Baron Corbin. I'm not gonna call him King Corbin anymore. It's ridiculous. It's enough already. Uh, Matt Riddle, please just just knock this dude. Yeah, Matt Riddle. I'm done done with this King Corbin. It's Baron Corbin. That's it, you know. It's ridiculous. They don't even, like, like, what is the point of walking out with that stupid crown anymore? Yeah, the the King Corbin gimmick should be done. It's just, it's terrible. He looks like like a Burger King mascot, for Christ's (laughs) sake. What? He looks like a Burger King mascot, for God's sake. That's exactly what he looks like. It's just ridiculous. Then we have Dominic, Dominic and Ray Mysterio versus Seth Rollins and Murphy. I'm gonna take the Mysterios. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Mysterios because they gotta get they gotta get one back on uh, Seth on Seth Rollins and Murphy. How like okay? So just real quick, uh, as we've. As we've discussed, you know this this storyline hasn't gone the way that I thought it would, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I I still I still would like to see Dominic eventually join uh, the the Messiah Ministry, um, but you know I'm a, I'm a realist, especially now that his mother has been involved in the storyline. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but, you know, it, it's just so the development that we've seen the, the last two weeks or so um, has been encouraging. Um, and in terms of Seth Rollins' heel character, um, this is this is some of his best work that I've ever seen from him, period. Um, but the the criticisms of, of the, of the storyline still stand. Um, I want to know what the greater good is. And you, you got you got I, I know what it is. What is it? It's me. I'm the greater uh, good. Well, well and, but the thing is, the thing is, the thing is, Father Elio, as you don your collar, um, you know, at, at this point, you're you to me, you're more entertaining as the as the the proprietor of the greater good than than Seth Rollins is, because at least at least you would explain to me what the greater good is, plus. The other, the other thing too, 
Um, this, this speaking of uh, speaking of the Messiah ministry, um, Austin Theory uh, made his return this week on NXT, um, which is a glaring, uh, <laughs> glaring problem uh, from a storyline perspective, because. Seth Rollins was just involved uh, in an interview where he was asked about um, uh, Austin Theory. Oh, and, well, what did he say? I read about. I heard about this, but I never read it. What happened? What did he well, say? You know, he he just said, you know, he's being gone because of personal reasons, and he'll be back. But yet, he shows up with no explanation whatsoever on. He got the he got he got slapped right the fuck out. You know, but it's like you know, but explain it to me. Give me a reason. So because of that, and see, this is just another another example of of NXT suffering from the Vince McMahon effect. You know. and you know, ladies and gentlemen, on, on episode seventy-five, this is now this is now episode eighty-five of the PNC Professional Wrestling Podcast. But way back on episode seventy-five, I put in a, a personalized plea um, uh, to um, to Mr. Vinny, uh, aka Vince McMahon. Uh, are, you, are you close personal friends with him? You call him Vinny. Uh, well, I, 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 at this point, at this point, I wish I was personal friends with Vince, only so I could have his ear to try to explain to him the glaring uh, issues with WWE style of storytelling. I don't understand the, what you're talking about, Mr. Peters. Well, what, oh, oh wait, so speaking, about? speaking of, speaking of Mr. Pierce, did you see? Did you see? Yeah, uh, you, you have a new occupation. You're a po- you're a you're a mailman. You're a post office post office. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm surprised. I forgot to mention that as a low point, but it's like you what the fuck you, is you you are now a member of the Firefly Funhouse. Congratulations, Ben. Uh, uh, Vince, your your logic gaps are are wider than the Grand Canyon, sir. But but anyway, so so getting back to this before I go on another rant. See, I'm pleasing myself better. Um, <laughs> I notice you're still playing with the uh, with the prompter as we're trying to do this because we just renamed you. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you my sins as we get off the air. We, no, we I, just, I just rena- I just uh, renamed you. Exactly. Look, uh, did you see yours? Oh, let me let me get you uh let me get you back up on, on full screen here. Hold on. Uh why can't I oh let me get you okay, I, yeah, I hit the wrong button. Hold on. Oh god. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is wrong with me? Oh jeez. Jeez. <laughs> Alright, you're a nerd, but, um, but yeah, getting back to this, it's just, just give me a reason why um, 
Austin Theory is back on NXT. There just isn't one. Um, so that was a problem. But I think I, I think Seth Rollins' ministry uh, needs more members. Um, and that, and Don't that's make why, it like the NWO. No, no, but no, but he, certainly not. But I'm just saying he needs more than one member, which is why I, which is why I thought it would be intriguing. Yeah. We, uh, oh, yeah. That's right. You know, that would put feet because we had two with Austin Theory. That's right. Yes, right. you're right. So, so ooh, I re- ooh. Black. Yes, and I, th- I think that's where they're going with this, uh, considering uh, his heel turn uh against uh kevin owens um on monday um but uh but i personally would have would have found it to be very intriguing had dominic mysterio joined the joined seth rollins ministry so that's just me um but yeah given what's going on right now i would i would have to give um the nod to dominic and ray in this particular match Okay. All right. So next one up, we have Keith Lee versus Randy Orton. I'm no, going with this Keith. one. Pisses me. I'm going with this Keith one pisses Lee. me off. Uh, I I don't know because I don't I don't know where you go with this one. I I. Or they're, they're, you think they're gonna make him lose his uh, debut pay per view match? Well, because 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 think think of it well, on the main roster, of course, because we already know this isn't his debut match. So relax, fans. Exactly, we're 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 not a bunch of stands. We're morons. Um, but here but here's the thing, right? So neither one of these guys can afford to lose this match. If you really think about it. Okay, I got it then. Uh. Double count or something happens where there's a run-in. Yeah, there, well, there's got to be a run-in Drew, with, um, with Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Yep, Drew McIntyre is going to run which, in. Which makes, which makes their booking on Raw even more stupid. Um, so, so you know what? I'm going to change Sorry, I'm going to change my, um, my um, prediction to no winner because we're going to have a run-in. Yeah, so I don't... Uh, because... Because neither one of these guys can afford to lose because Randy Orton's supposed to be the challenger for, um, you know, the WWE championship. But you're not going to have Keith Lee lose his, his uh, you know, um, his main roster re-debut, so to speak. Uh, next up, we have... Uh, the Fiend uh, defending against Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman in a triple threat match. I've never, uh, sorry, I know holds a bar triple threat match. I have never liked triple threat matches when there's a championship involved. Uh, no, absolutely not. But but for the reasons that we that we discussed earlier, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with uh, with Roman Reigns. Yep, I'll go with Roman Reigns on that one as well. Now, again, why are we having this? Apollo Crews defending against Bobby Lashley. Oh, God. It's I, enough already. It's enough already. I, I hate this. This is, you know, because the way that they're booking Bobby Lashley now mm-hmm. is how they should have been booking him when he came back. But, you know, it's just... So, my, my assumption... 
would be, you know, Apollo Crews. Um, but, you know, but having said that, I could very easily see Bobby Lashley winning. But given given the given the storyline that they're going with, I just I you, you cannot take it off of Apollo Crews. So I fear that that's what they're going to do. But my pick, from a logic perspective, would have to be Apollo Crews. What about you? You're you're muted. Okay. Okay, so we come to the last match on this show. Bailey and Sasha Banks versus Sheena Baszler and Nia Jax. And I just have a feeling they're going to mess with Sasha Banks even more because I'm going to have to go with Sheena Baszler and Nia Jax. Yeah, absolutely. Especially after what happened on uh, SmackDown um, I, last night. I, uh, I just... It's the it's the natural progression and the breakup of well, um, yeah. Wait, hold on. Sasha yeah, Banks and Bailey. We need that breakup on Sunday. Um, if well, if they don't break it up, it's it's gonna it's definitely gonna be the like the last straw before the the uh, the breakup. But I I could I could very easily see that see them breaking up on Sunday. Um. So. So yeah, as much as I hate this combination of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, because so it's a, it's a weird pairing. Well, it's a it's a nonsensical pairing, honestly. Hold on, do you see uh, where they're going with this pair, though? No, I. Th- I th- this is Sheamus and Cesaro. Remember when I, they when they first put them together? Yeah, but, but, but still, but still. No, I know, know but I, do, you, do you see do you, do you see that though with this team? Yeah, I mean, I can I can see that, but honestly, the you know Nia Jax doesn't belong in the same sentences. I know, I don't, I don't, what I don't the hell? like it. I don't like it. I hate this. Plus, you know, and we we talked about this last week on the show. You know, two weeks ago it was it was Oscar and Shayna Baszler. Now it's now it's fucking you know Nia. Oh, Jax. Wait, 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 hold on, wait, hold on. Didn't Oscar? I thought I read somewhere where Oscar the thinks that was had thoughts about her and Shayna possibly winning tag team gold or something. Yes, and that that was and that was going to be the that was the logic as of two weeks ago on Monday Night Raw. And now we have this. I mean, what the fuck? Oh, jeez. The the logic gaps in this show are just like you know, it's ri- ridiculous. And, yeah, and yeah, it's jeez. We've said it over and over and over again, but you know. The the intelligence of the fans just gets routinely insulted, and then and then the the wrestlers insult the fans when we call them out for when we call them and creative out for these for these you know seemingly out of left field uh, decision making processes. So it's just so to me it's just. That's my biggest problem with WWE is that the creative actively insults 
the fans' intelligence. So I don't know about this show. I guess we'll have to wait till Sunday and uh, see what happens. Well, it, it, you know, it's it's like I said earlier. Hold on, did you, did you see the poster for Payback? No, I didn't. Is it bad? Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, on the fly, um, research. No, that that's not obvious, right? About who's going to win? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know, you know I, I, I would have a bigger problem with it if, um, you know, if it wasn't so blatantly obvious, you know. That wow. that's what I was really, I have to say, I was really hoping he would smile at the poster. Yeah, well, <laughs> just so I can make, just so I can laugh at his uh, teeth. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm laughing all the way to the bank at this WWE creative uh, lately because it's just a running gag at this point. Um, you know, but it's it's very obvious to me that the entire pay per view is being built around Roman Reigns and Sasha Banks and Bailey. Other than that. I don't know why you would have a pay-per-view one week after your your second biggest pay-per-view of the year. But once did, again, did, hold on, didn't they already do this one time where they had like back-to-back pay-per-views? Yeah, and you know it it it, it doesn't work. Oh, okay. Know? No, no, I, think, I was just asking because I remember I thought they did this once already. They had like back-to-back shows or something. Yeah, I I I remember something of that effect. I don't remember which shows it. They were, but... Um, oh, hold on. Let me tell you something. So, this is payback on Sunday. Right. Trivia. When was the last WWE payback? Uh, 2017, I think. Yeah. Three years. Three years. They waited to have another payback. Yeah. I, you know, this is just... But hold on, hold on. I, I have it's even more. Stupid. I have even more trivia for you. This is uh, this is just I just found this interesting. Okay, now they have a tally at the bottom here because I was looking up the network events, and they had a tally of We're breaking up. Dude. They had a. Oh, do you hear me? Technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen. Are you there? You, you completely, yeah, you completely broke up there. No, that, that would, I didn't think that was you because your uh, picture froze for like a minute there. Uh, well, your, yours froze on my end too, but um, yeah, I'm sorry. So, okay. Um, okay, so a bit of trivia here because I found this interesting. So what year had the most WWE Network events? It, it, this, you know, this goes all the way back to 1985, between 85 and 2020. Um, well, uh, let me see. Um, I, I would, I would argue, I would say, uh, 2020. 2020 had a total of 14 events, while 2019 had a total of 27 events. 
Oh, Jesus. And, oh, my God. And, and uh, 1986 had only one pay-per-view, which was, of course, WrestleMania 2. Oh, Jesus. Oh. I, 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 I just because uh, I found them wow. this year. I found this year, like, underneath, right underneath the WWE uh, pay-per-views. Yeah, well, they they definitely need to need to switch some of their business model because it, it's just, you know, I I've always been this way with everything in my life. It's quality over quantity, not the other way around. I just, you know, I don't get it. Why, 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 why are you all stressed out over the number of pay per views in twenty nineteen? Because because it's just a symptom of the problem that WWE has, and then but 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 you also you also got stressed out over the number of pay per views in 1986, which is what I'd rather have one than twenty yeah. than twenty fucking seven. Actually, uh, 1990 had four. Those were the big four: WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, and uh, Survivor Series. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, that's, and they need to go back to having the big four. They really do. I don't care what anybody says. Okay, I'm going to ask you, hold on. This is in order of, this is your favorite, okay? Yeah. List your favorites. In order, okay, uh, out of WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Fire Series, and SummerSlam. Royal Rumble. Okay. Uh, R- WrestleMania. A SummerSlam and Survivor Series. Now hold on. Are you saying that because that's the order that they, that they take place in, or is that the order of which one's your favorite? That no, that's the order of which ones are my favorite. Oh, okay. No, no, because I'm just saying that's the order in which they take place too. Exactly. So okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I've always uh, been. Uh, I've always had Royal Rumble as my favorite pay per view of the year. Yeah, I think. I think uh, back in the day, Survivor Series was higher on my list, but it, you know, just with the way it is now, it's it's just. You know what I hate? I, I I hate um. In 1992, that's when they that's when they started getting rid of all the teams. I didn't like that. The 92 was the first one where they had all singles matches. Yeah. Hey, um, Ben, what do you say we fire up the DeLorean? Yes, and uh, I, I have a special one picked out for this week because this is uh, today is August 29, 2020. Yep, and uh, why don't you tell the fans where we're going? question for you. What were you doing on August 29, 1988? Don't answer that. It's a rhetorical question. <laughs> I, well, I was like two months old, so I had no 
Well, that's why I said well, that's exactly a rhetorical question because I know you weren't doing much in uh, August of 1988. <laughs> yeah. I was already well. Actually, I just uh, I just uh, finished uh, grade nine for the summer before going back in September. So on this night, we had the very first SummerSlam from New York City's Madison Square Garden. And we had 20,000 people in attendance. On commentary, we had superstar Billy Graham and Gorilla Monsoon. That was that, now that's that's a good uh, commentary team. Yeah, you like that pairing. <laughs> now hold on. What, yeah. do you, what do you like about that pairing? Because yeah, I did. did. Hold hold on. Okay, have you heard Super Strawberry Ground on commentary? Yeah. You have where? Oh, uh, just from just from like old clips on the network and stuff like that. Oh, okay. No, I see. I actually didn't know because I only uh, I only remember him from this uh, pay-per-view. Well, and, and, and to be fair, I don't remember a lot about Superstar Billy Graham, but I just um, I, I he, think that sounds yeah, like interesting. He wasn't my favorite. My favorite film. Actually, I don't know. I'll tell you more off, uh, off air. Yeah. But uh, so our opening match is the British Bulldogs versus the fabulous Russo brothers. This match went 20 minutes and ended without a winner because of a time limit draw. Well, that's a that's a foreign concept nowadays. A <laughs> tag match to go 20 minutes. Holy shit! In our second match, we had Bad News Brown defeating Ken Patera in six minutes, 33 seconds. Well, that's, that, that's very interesting because I would have, I, you know, my limited knowledge of both of those guys, I, um, I would have thought that Ken, uh, Ken Patera would have taken down uh, Bad News Brown because um, I, think, I think at one point in time on... Uh, on like the top 50 superstars of all time. Uh, I think Ken Patero is number 50, if I'm not mistaken. You know, you know Ben Brown's a, a tough guy. Like, I mean, outside the ring. Um, well, no, I, di- I didn't know that because- Yeah, he, he uh, actually, um, he got an Andre Giants face, Andre Giants that stepped back. Oh, Jesus. That, that, that's, a, that's how like, that's how afraid Andre was of Ben Brown. Oh, damn. Yeah. So Bad News Brown, go look up Bad News Ellen. It's the same guy he used to be Bad News Ellen in Calgary Stampede Wrestling. Oh, cool. Yeah. Will do. He actually uh, faced Owen Hart's in in a match on uh, Stampede Wrestling. Oh damn. So in our next match, we had Rick Rude defeating Chuck Your Dog in six minutes eighteen seconds by disqualification. And, uh, you know, I, yeah, anytime Rick Rude's, Rick Rude's mentioned, I, any, any situation, I just, I just think what a, what a sad situation that is. Cause I, I mean, I really enjoyed his, his in-ring work. 
So do you remember his uh, feud with Jake Snake then, I guess, right? Yes, and that yeah, was actually that the, was a um, classic. I I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and that was actually the uh, the motivation but, uh, behind Velveteen Dream having um, Roger Song's uh, wife and son on his tights. And did you? Uh, and uh, of course, uh, do you remember when uh, Rick Rude used to wrestle? He always had a tape around his finger. Right? Yeah. That's because he had his wedding ring on. He never took his wedding ring off. Yeah, well, and and that's a, that, see that's a that's a man's man right there because that's what I would do. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't take my wedding ring off. Then we had our tag team match, the debut of the Warlord and the Barbarian, the Powers of Pain, accompanied by the Baron, who of course is Baron Ron Rashki from AWA. They defeated the Bolsheviks, Borzukov and Nikolai Volkov in five minutes and twenty-seven seconds. Um, yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not familiar with. Um, I mean, obviously, I know the powers of pain because I actually did a. Um, I actually ran an angle with uh, the barbarian. Yeah, you were seeing on a past episode. Yeah. Yeah, and. Um, <clears throat> but uh, as, as to the opponents, I'm not uh, familiar. Well, you don't know Nikolai Volkov, come on. Are you serious? Who, who do you not know? Nikolai Volkov, Boris Zukov, or both? Uh, the Boris Zukov. Boris, uh, Boris Zukov, he was in AWA um, prior to coming to WWF. Nikolai Volkov, of course, with Adam Sheik and all that. Yeah, well, uh, you know, and obviously I'm, I'm familiar with Volkov yeah. and the Iron Sheik. I mean, yeah, everybody is. Yeah. Then we had the Intercontinental Championship. It was supposed to have been Honky Tonk Man versus Bruce Barber Beefcake. However, Bruce Beefcake was taken out, and we have a replacement. No one knew who Honky Tonk Man's opponent was until the, this very night. We get the introduction of the Ultimate Warrior defeating Honky Tonk Man in 27 seconds to become the new champion. Uh, th so this was Ultimate Warrior's debut? Well, he debuted in 1987, but this was his pay-per-view, his first pay-per-view, where he uh, defeats Honky Tonk Man to become the champion. Honky Tonk Man had uh, defeated Ricky Steamboat on June 2nd, 1987, to uh, win the belt. Yeah, um, you know, I just, um, I've never been an Ultimate Warrior guy. I mean, I can under I can understand why people were, you know. But even like even when I was younger, but even when I was now, granted, the Ultimate Warrior was slightly <laughs> wrong with me. Yeah, well, I ask myself that on a weekly <laughs> basis. Uh, <laughs> but um, but the the thing is, right? So I became really familiar with um with Ultimate Warrior in his uh, WCW run. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, because obviously I was a little bit too young uh, right. to, you know, to grasp the, all, the intricacies of, all the intricacies of wrestling uh, back then, even though, like, I was, you know, I started, I started watching well, when I was You know what, I think you, I think you would have liked uh, this Ultimate Warrior a lot better than WCW Ultimate Warrior. 
Oh yeah, WCW Ultimate Warrior like sucked donkey dick. Um, oh come on, Ben Image, please don't blame Michael. I mean, he did. I mean, did you see Halloween Havoc '98? I mean, yes, I God. did. Yes, I did. That was pretty terrible. And then, um, I did you see the uh, when he came back to WCW? The, 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 like, oh, his, first? his 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 Nitro debut. Yeah. Yeah, that was terrible too. That was so bad. And in the and in, in, in the middle of that promo, you you can see Eric Bischoff next to Hogan, like you know, he's covering his mouth, saying "Wrap it up, wrap it up," you know, like talking to Ultimate Warrior because he's he's just going too long. Um, now that's a man that goes on a rant. Yes, yeah, so he he make, he makes me look like a rookie compared to his rants. At least yours makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I try to be uh, entertaining and um, illuminating in my rants. All right. Well, in the next match, we had Dino Bravo, Canadian strongman Dino Bravo, defeating the Rock Don Morocco in five minutes and 28 seconds. God, what is with all these short match times? I've I've always noticed that whenever I whenever I watch an old paper. Oh, remember, remember. Well, this was a different time though. This is nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, I mean, and, but I, I mean, I've, I've noticed that every time we've done like a real uh, retrospective. Why, why why do you think it was that they did so many shorter um, match times? I can't really say I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I guess uh, because these were like uh, these were like the for the first crop of wrestlers that like that I guess paved the way for like who we see on TV today, and the the ones that we see today are younger and they can go longer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's my uh. It's my understanding. Yeah, well, uh, and, and you know this the style of wrestling nowadays. And the style, uh, the style, because back then this wrestling was like a lot, a lot of like rest holds and um and like mat wrestling and stuff. But it was uh, more rest holds, like bear hugs, full Nelson headlocks. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. But there, 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 there are there were like outside WWF there were like longer matches like they had like I believe Kurt Hennig and Nick Bakuko had a sixty minutes uh, match that went one hour. So, uh, that, that was in the AWA. I'm sorry, who and uh, Kurt, who and Bakuko? Kurt Hennig and Nick Bakuko. Oh, but, oh, that sounds like a classic. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. That could be before Mr. Perfect. He was in the AWA. Oh well, if I can find that anywhere, I'll have to take a look. Then we had for the World Tag Team Championships. Now, at the time, we had two heels. Here we had Demolition Accent Smash versus the Heart Foundation. Now. At this time, it was, um, yeah, it was two heels, uh, but um, in, of, uh, of course, in uh, November of 88, we'd uh, get the demolition face turn. 
But it's a demolition defeat in the Hart Foundation to hold on to the championships that they won uh, after defeating Strike Force at WrestleMania 4. Well, back when tag team wrestling was dope as fuck. Strike Force. When you about Strike Force. Uh, no, I mean, I, I don't know Strike Force, but I'm just saying, like, oh, yeah, so, so Strike Force was Tito Santana and Rick Martel. Oh yeah, I I think um I did they uh did they team up at um WrestleMania three? Nope, sorry, that was um WrestleMania three was Rick Martel and Tom Zing. That was they were called the oh, Can okay. they, the Can Am Connection. Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Strike yeah. Force. If you look up Strike Force, Tito Santana and Rick Martel. Okay, cool. Then we had the big boss man defeating Coco Beware in five minutes and fifty-seven seconds. Well, and that's a match time I can believe because Coco Beware was like to me he was like a jobber back in those days, which, which I never understood because not not outside not outside of WWF he was big you know, down in uh, UWF and like territory companies like that. Outside of WWF he was actually a top guy. WWF yeah, made, well, made him a chopper. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, and, and I'm wondering why, because I always thought he had a lot. Uh, Speaking of which, I have to say, I don't know if you read this about what Matt Cardona said. No, I didn't I didn't hear that. About what how did he, say? he He hates how wrestling fans use the word jobber to describe someone. He calls us marks. Anytime you hear someone use the word jobber, I, well, he probably got pissed off because he fits in that category. <laughs> right. well, I'm, and unjustifiably, I mean, I'm, I'm he, not... He, he, he said, no other wrestlers use that word. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's akin to Ric Flair saying that he doesn't like it when fans use insider wrestling terms. Get a grip. All right. <laughs> Then we had Jake the Snake Roberts defeating Hercules. They gave this match 10 minutes and 6 seconds. Uh, well, that in, well, and that was all for Jake Roberts because <laughs> I, don't, I don't see Hercules being involved in a 10-minute match otherwise. No, um, actually, I, before, I, he was a heel, so around uh, this time, wait. Yeah, I think he did. This was, uh, yeah, Hercules was still a heel, but uh, he did turn face in 1988 after an angle on the Brother Love show where Bobby Green Heenan sold him to the Million Dollar Man Teddy Biasi. Oh my God! You can't get away with it. You can't get away with that nowadays. Oh, <laughs> it's like yeah. he 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 sold. I'm like, jeez. Yeah, you can't do that. To yeah, that, that might cause a bit of controversy. And I don't think that controversy would create cash. This is the main event. This was actually, um, I think you can find this on YouTube. Special referee Jesse the Body Ventura. We had the Mega Powers Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage defeating the Mega Bucks, Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant in 13 minutes and 57 seconds. And uh, and was that a good match? This was a classic. Uh, was it a good match? It was. An okay match. It wasn't like the greatest match, but uh, yeah, it was good for its time. I I liked it. 
Absolutely. Um, okay, well then I will definitely have to go back and... Uh, so I want you to walk, go back and watch this and then uh, talk, I'm going I'm to ask you what you thought about this after you see this. Because I, this was not that great, but for 1988, this was a decent show. And it's a short to watch as well. I, it wasn't even that long, I don't believe. Yeah, well, I'll definitely go back and take a look at In it. In fact, um, on the fly research, ladies and gentlemen. Part two, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going, I'm going, I have IMDB open here. I'm going to look up SummerSlam 88. SummerSlam 1988. And this show was two hours and 29 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Absolutely, that's not bad at all. Um, and then, uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we uh, wrap the show up, just to let you know, uh, we will be back on Friday, uh, September 4th, to give you our predictions regarding All Out. Um, I forgot about that, too. That's next week. It's already September. Jeez. Yeah, man, this is... um. You know, 2020 is the year that never ends. I mean, good Lord. But um, It's enough already. Come on. I want 2020 to be over. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I'm not, I'm not one to wish time away. <laughs> the paper we were just covering, and I, I just had Facebook open, and look what, what popped up. SummerSlam oh. 88. <laughs> oh, yes. And you should, you, we, we should use that for... Like the thumbnail for the... Yeah, for, I got to get back to doing that too because I like the different thumbnails for the shows. Yeah. Um, and uh, and when we get off the air, we'll have to discuss the title for this one. Um, but yeah, this will wrap up the, uh, the show for the week. And um, like I said, we'll be back on Friday with all the regular weekly coverage. Uh, leading into our uh, all-out predictions. And uh, until then, I am the man that's with Pearson Barriers, Ben Pierce. He is the man allegedly known as the gentleman and the piano man, Elio Canella. Together we are the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. And I guarantee you we are more entertaining than anything WWE has to offer. So until next time, We'll, we'll talk to you later. All right, friends. Take care. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you next Friday.